0: Thank you. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Teo Podcast, The Pandemic Press. Today we have a guest named Kathleen Flanagan. She's an author of a wonderful book, um, researcher of sound therapy. That's really interesting because she actually talks about her findings as well. And how she has kind of cured the pain from cancer patients. And even patients that have had an accident. So that was interesting. And uh, she also talks about um, how she deals with mental health. Um, And this will be a really interesting conversation for all of you. She does a lot of stuff in general so this conversation is going to be pretty interesting and out of the blue
1: hi i'm kathleen flanagan and i am the author of a best selling award-winning book called dancing souls merging heaven and earth it's called the call that's book one of three in the trilogy i am a sound therapist a vibrational expert i do energy work an esthetician and an aromatherapist.
0: That's really interesting. Uh, so I wanted to talk about your findings on sound therapy. How did you do, how how did it impact kind of stress? Because we love listening to music.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I um well I got into sound therapy. I think it was around two thousand and one. I believe it was, and I was working with Joe Crane, who had worked with the Archangel Michael, and he, we held, he had a seminar, and he held it in my house, and that's when we were learning more about the sound, vibrational healing, that type of thing, and I just fell in love with this, with the tones, and some of the things that could be done with it, and, and I just let it go by the wayside for a long time, because I wasn't sure what to do with it, it was, uh, it came out very early um, before where we are today, 2001. We, were, we weren't anywhere near where we are as far as enlightenment and being woken up on the planet. And when I became an esthetician, I just thought this would be a perfect time to start doing it because I was amazed at what sound did. I mean, the, like we had a, a woman who came, she was in, got into a car accident had whiplash and we put her on the table immediately and she did not suffer whiplash pain, shoulder, neck, during that, right after that. So she wasn't in that wrench place that when you're in an auto accident, you get. I had a colleague who also got into a car wreck. She was sandwiched in. And I said, well, why don't you get on my table and let's see what we can do. And she said it was the first time her migraines had gone away. She felt a lot less pain. So I worked on her for about three or four months really working to get her to be in a pain-free place and, you know, with sound, it works on the the cellular level of your body. So the more you drink water, the deeper the sound penetration goes and it's it's actually an amazing experience to have because even though you don't think you're gone, you are so checked out because you're very conscious when you're on the table because you hear the sounds and so I just started doing a lot of other work. And in 2008, a friend of mine asked me to come out and work on people, which I did. And I was blown away. I didn't even know what I was doing at that point. That's when the Archangel Ariel came in and started working with me on helping people. And because I'm intu- and intuitive, I, when I go on a session with you, I'm in your session. I am walking with you. So if you don't see it, I do. So I'm very cognizant of where my clients are at, except for when I started this sound sessions because I didn't understand this well enough and my vibration needed to accelerate. And as I was working on people, my vibration was accelerating as well because I'm receiving as a healing as well. And the planet receives a healing because that's what vibration does. So there was all this going on, but I didn't know this in 2008. I didn't even know this in 2001. And I worked with, you know, a police officer who had been shot and stabbed and beat up and you name it. And I started removing a lot of the pain that his body was having and not just a physical pain, but emotional pain. All the other, you know, it was done on a multi-level dimensional. I had a woman who was abused as a child and all of that came up and she didn't have to relive the experience or talk about that experience. She was able to just start healing from that experience. And and she talked to me about how, you know, there was shame that, that she felt because, you know, when women are violated like that, they don't know I mean, we take on shame and she was carrying a lot of shame for a long time. And she really talked about some really deep, heartfelt experiences that she had as a result of it. But she was like in a peaceful place and she had never felt like that before. You know, this is something you don't share. This is something you didn't talk about then. And she's talking and she's not angry. She's not bitter. She's just it's just an event that happened. It was like that charge, that emotional charge was removed. I had a woman on the table who was dying of cancer and I gave her the opportunity to decide if she wanted to live or die. And I told her that it was totally up to her because she was healed if she wanted to be because we all heal ourselves. I'm just an instrument. And I don't know what she did, but she was so she was so checked out when she came back, she didn't even know where she was. That's how far she was. And she was very difficult on many levels for me because I pull in an enormous amount of energy when I'm working. It's not just sound that I'm working with. It's it's also a lot of energy work. And and I was just blown away. And a friend of mine told me that I was able to do this because I'm fire and water on an astrological level. And she said, but just make sure you take salt baths every night because you need to get rid of whatever's coming up because it's not yours and it's not going to attach to you necessarily, but you need to do that just to stay cleansed. And I did that religiously every night. And when I came home, my cats couldn't even see me. I knew I was in a really high vibration and the cats couldn't even see me. They're like, I know you're here, mommy. I hear you, you know, and they're looking and I'm like right in front of my cat. And she's like, where are you? I hear you. And it was just so funny because I realized at that point that my vibration was so high that even my cat couldn't see me, even though she could hear me. So it was a really interesting experience. And I and I've just moved from there. I mean, I've, I've worked on people that have needed to get rid of like if they've got some old paradigms, you know, things that have happened to them as children that are running their life. I have just done a lot of different work with people on it. I mean, I've had people see their loved ones that have passed on come to them and talk to them, you know, they're releasing whatever it is, they're feeling if they were slimed or had a spell put on them, it was released because that's what the sound does. And people don't understand what's happening, but they're back in balance as well.
0: Yeah, that's the thing you uh, you can't actually see it happening, you know, you don't know how it's happening, but uh it actually takes place and this is true and many people think that this doesn't work or this doesn't exist because they can't see it
1: happening. And I don't understand how it works you know I mean I even in my own mind at times it's like I don't know how this works but if we go back into realizing that we are energetic beings and not physical mm-hmm. beings then it makes sense because when I had an experience when I was in Illinois that I had left my body for three days and I was making a decision if I wanted to live or die because my, my, what I came here to do, I had done. And so spirit gave me that opportunity. And for three days, I couldn't bathe. I couldn't eat. I couldn't cook. I couldn't do anything. The only thing I had, it was this huge bag of Doritos that I picked up at Costco, like two days before this event happened. And I don't eat. I don't, do that and I'm like why did you put this in and I went to take it out because it was an unconscious response and this voice said leave it alone okay so I left it alone and that's what I ate for three days now it took me six months to realize what had happened because then I realized that our body cannot do anything without our spirit our spirit guides our body and that was so profound for me because I mean, who doesn't take a shower for three days? You know, who doesn't know how to cook? And I literally did not know how to do anything. And so I was having just a pure physical experience with my body. So it was incapable of doing anything. I couldn't even think I could turn on the TV. And that was about what I did for three days was stare at a TV. I don't even think I watched it. I think I just stared at it.
0: It oh, was I, I thought you were unconscious. I thought back. you were unconscious because uh, I had this incident where my grandma was uh, very sick. She had like two, a bypass and she had like two strokes and uh, she was in the hosp- uh, hospital. And then um, my dad uh, came and we were all there in hospital and she was kind of like unconscious. Uh, throughout the whole time and uh, my dad just came um held held her hand I think it's because of his energy or something like um uh, and she's like he's like you won't die today and um um, my aunt thought she was dead like at the time um and uh, the nurse even said that she's not breathing properly and they kind of like um we were all getting scared. And once my dad left, she started like waking up. Mm. So it's kind of like an energy experience. I guess it's like the spirit just went and came back or something just happened.
1: It does. It does that. I mean, our bodies do that. I mean, we, we leave our bodies when we sleep. We're just not aware that we're necessarily gone we're living in another world when we go to sleep that's what people don't understand because i've woken up in the middle of the or in the morning going where did i get these bruises from and if we had a huge um, earthquake or something i was out there working in my dreams and i rocks hit me or something because there's no explanation for where some of the bruises showed up other than if i was moving rocks and helping to rescue people I, that's all i could ever think of is that i was doing is that i work in my dreams sometimes
0: yes and i also even had a really unexplainable experience like um uh, like i actually talked about this in my previous episode like i was sleeping okay but like at it a uh, specific time i guess um like i felt something touching me touching my hair and like my head and I was getting really scared, like because uh, it's, it's, not, um, it's not, it's very unlikely for that to happen to somebody. And um, for some reason, I woke up in the dream. I saw my brother sleeping next to me, my younger brother, and I couldn't wake him up. But I was talking with this superior being, I felt like I was talking with her. And then all of a sudden, like I saw her and because she said you should be able to see me and we were having this kind of brief conversation. And then until it just went and it was crazy because I saw like universal symbols, um, geometry, and it Uh was like crazy. And I was like, I have never experienced like this before. It's always like black, like Mm -hmm. when I'm sleeping. It's everything is like black. So I can't really say where I was, but like ever since that day, I had some pretty cool dreams <laughs> in space some days, and then it goes off, but not every day, every time I get to visualize those dreams.
1: <laughs> we all have them. I mean, I've, I mean, when you have geometrics or spirits in there talking, I mean, I, a lot of times it's like, what's going on? Yeah. And I think sometimes I know that when I go to sleep at night, if I have something that's bothering me or I need an answer or whatever, because I always go to bed saying thank you for the day, thank you for this, and then kind of where I want, where, where is my vision going of what do I want to accomplish while well, I'm still on this earth. And, um, and I'll wake up and I'll ha- always have an answer come in or if something's bothering me and I don't know it's bothering me. Like two days ago, something was really bothering me and I didn't even know it. And I woke up at three o'clock and it was like, and it was like the whole day and my eyes are just running. Like I was crying without even knowing I was crying, but I figured, okay, I'm weeping about something. And I ended up dealing with the situation, but that was the day that everything, I I went through all this stuff that day. And by that night, I was being prepared for a, a life altering change that started and I mean, it's not officially, it's like it's here, but I haven't started it yet. And it was just one of those days that it was like everything, like I I talk about our worthiness and, and feeling worthy by establishing boundaries. And, and even though I live that, I, it was like when this presented itself of it's not about the money, it wasn't about the money. It was like all of a sudden this emotion came up of, I don't know if I think I'm worthy enough to do this for myself. And it was like just this floodgate of tears came on and I realized it's like, oh my God, I thought I was worthy but there was something that was still unworthy inside of me And, and I think all of that day, everything was preparing me to open up and really look at my own personal value And I think it started because on Tuesday I was on a podcast interview with a woman and we talked about the council of 12. And I said, oh my God, I haven't talked about the council of 12 since I was like, this happened when I was like 17, 18 years old. And we were just talking about them and they wanted to be, let the world know that they do exist and that I am a member of the council of 12 and that, that year they spent a whole year keeping me on this planet because I really wanted to leave. And I was bound and determined to leave. And they just worked with me over and over and over again and, and helped me to keep moving forward when I didn't want to be here. And, and I think that yet that Thursday night, I think all of that, where I was and where I saw myself from that training that I received from them. Was I was right at that spot. And I think that's why that emotion was there was, oh, my God, I'm finally really stepping into that place, that person that I was shown I was going to be. And it took a lifetime because sometimes it does take a lifetime to do things. And, you know, there's wisdom that comes with age. And I think that was the main thing was realizing how much that mattered to me and how much I was grateful that I still was here because it's easy to leave. It's not easy to stay here, yeah. <laughs> especially as crazy as the world is today. It, this yes. is These are challenging times. <laughs> it is. And people
0: are actually looking for answers. That's why I kind of made the podcast in the first place. And um, especially because I went through something magical as well. So I feel like everybody has the potential to also go through the same thing. But mm-hmm. many cannot many won't and I feel sad about it because they won't actually see okay there's a beautiful there's a beautiful thing about life and most of it won't be able to most of us won't be able to see it.
1: I agree with you but you know what that's their choice and you allow them to have that choice because not everybody's ready for this And I, and I've come to realize that, and if they're asking, then they'll have the answers and then they make that decision because waking up is not easy. Waking up is difficult. It's challenging. It can be lonely because you're stepping out of the matrix, so to speak. Yes. And. So when you're doing that, you're starting to look at, you know, that you're more than just a human being. You're actually something bigger and grander and that scares more people is their grandness than anything else. In my opinion, I know it scared me for years. I, I knew who I was, but I still scared the hell out of myself. And now it's like, I embraced it because it's this whole new world has opened up in ways that I've, I've never experienced because life gets easier the more you dump your garbage yeah that's what I have found it just gets easier because you're carrying all this weight and when you start lightening the load it's like things start coming towards you and then it's then what's the next big thing you have to learn how to do receive it, oh my god I don't know how to do that no you, yeah. you know the, the law of giving and receiving there's a reason why it's called giving and receiving I can give and give and give but if I'm not receiving I'm I'm sh- cutting my, you know, my face off or my head off. So, you know, that's a tough one to learn too, is learning how to receive. Yeah,
0: that's the the hardest actually, I think, because it's easy to give, like you give it like good. I think uh, most of the people have to realize when you're giving something to someone, you have to have a clear mind, like, and then you are giving it uh, to the other person in order to help them with something. That's why you give. I think that's the mindset. If that's not there in the head, then you won't feel the same outcome.
1: Yeah. That's what you think.
0: Yeah, but like, I feel like- uh,
1: Sometimes giving, uh, I mean, sometimes giving is not doing anything too. Yeah. I've I've learned not to just help people because when you just go and help them, you're rescuing them. And that doesn't mean they want to be rescued. Yeah. So I've learned that if you're not asking for help, they'll watch you suffer because that's what you want. And if, and it's like, why aren't you helping? I said, because you didn't ask. If you wanted help, I would be here, but you're not asking. So I'm assuming you want to be in this yourself. And that's pretty much how spirit operates. They're not going to do anything until you ask for help. They're just sitting on the sidelines going, well, someday she's going to open her mouth and ask for help. But, you know, until then, we'll let her just be in her turmoil. And the minute you ask, they're right there helping you. So I kind of learned that in a, I don't know, intuitive way of just don't ask because you're, I don't want to rescue people. I don't want to enable them. And how many times have people yelled at me? Well, I'm not asking for your help. It's like, but you're struggling. I don't care. I can do it on my own. Okay. Yeah. So I learned.
0: Yeah. We have that uh, kind of inner conflict that's uh, happening and preventing us from asking for help when we Mm -hmm. The most,
1: yep. Because I mean, when I need help, I I've learned to ask. Can you please help me? And then sometimes I get help, sometimes I don't on the physical level. And then it's like, what part of I asked you for help did you not understand? Well, you're so capable of doing things all yourself all the time. And I'm like, I asked for help. That means I don't know what I I need help. And you know, and sometimes you just want to slap people when they do that because it's like I'm asking yes i don't care if i'm a capable human being i don't feel capable that's why i'm asking for help hello yeah <laughs> I, I mean sometimes it's like, it's just yeah wondering. it's like one it's person
0: like... one person cannot do a huge task you need right. to collaborate to and yep. be, yeah to do it one task um this is my biggest challenge because i have like i found my purpose recently but, and um that purpose requires uh, many people to come together and I like they have to help me kind of like restructure the education system so that's my challenge that's my that's the biggest challenge for me because all these years I've only learned how to study Mm. (laughs) so yeah I have um uh, I have actually tried earning. I started my coconut oil business, but currently um, tr- 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 moving locations to France, and now I want to start something bigger because I have this goal, and I I feel like I need to do it. That urge to do it.
1: Just ask spirit for help. Just ask for the people to come in. I'm I'm doing something as well. It's it's I already know. How to start um, businesses and stuff, but this is a CBD business that I've that I've started, and I just want this to work because it's. I've had I've done a lot of testing. The products work amazingly. It's all about plant medicine. It's not about smoking pot or any of that. It's about taking away the shame and guilt that people have around buying CBD yes. products because there's a lot of shame and guilt because even though it's designed the cannabis plan is designed to help us with our endocannabinoid system people don't fully understand that yet because this is all new supposedly new and and I just I just want people to not be in pain and so it's like how do I bring something like this to market I mean a little bit different so it's like spirit is just like They're just providing everything like I know it's like, please bring the people, please bring the money, bring this, whatever it is I need. And it seems to be coming because I'm moving in that direction. My intention is focused and dialed in because it's for pets, vets and the chronically ill. Those are the people that I want to target because those are the people that don't want to take pharmaceuticals all the time. Our pets are defenseless unless we help them, because sometimes I think our vets are don't know much and I know that because I've dealt with some sick cats and and I just want to help them you know and that's the main thing is we shouldn't have to live a life in pain so as long as I'm moving forward and my intention and focus stays clear things start moving so just trust trust what you're doing because it's there yeah it's there
0: and I wanted to ask you which frequency of sound works best with healing say that again what frequency of sound works best with healing
1: you know i haven't really looked into that or tested that i probably should do that a little bit more into that cuz i haven't really cuz i've been so focused on getting this company launched that i don't that's a really good thing to look into i'm
0: going because, to do yeah, that. yeah because i had that cuz i think
1: yeah <laughs> yeah because you know we have physical because the forks that i the tuning forks that i work with we have a physical set i have an emotional set and i have a spiritual set and they're on um the um select okay the name it escapes, escapes me the select okay select I can't, okay, I, I'll come up with the name. I can't seem to get it out of my mouth right now, but it, it's a higher vibration. It's not the vibration that we listen to our music. It's that next level up. It's more of that spiritual level. Solecio, I think it is. Um, I think that's the proper pronunciation. And so when I'm working on somebody, I get I spirit tells me pretty much what works to be using. So sometimes it's there. It's a strictly a, a physical thing. Sometimes it's emotional because whatever we're carrying in our body is all, I mean, because it would be on a physical level that we could have brought this down from other past lives that were bringing some of this in so that you would take that to the next level. That's a really good thing to research. I think I'm going to do that. I like that idea.
0: What yeah, idea that's good. I didn't the,
1: even think about yeah. doing that.
0: Yeah, that's the first thing that actually came into mind when I was looking into meditation because I really got into medica- meditation like after I had my awakening. So the questions I had was like, uh, what's the best uh, frequency um, for meditation? Like, And I kind of had that. And you talked about sound healing uh, therapy. So I was I was thinking, like, how can that be linked? Uh, is 432 hertz the most appropriate one? Because there are so many um, things on the internet, and I (laughs) kind of uh, got
1: a three-minute de-stress sound meditation. That um, what it does is it actually aligns your vibration, your chakra system, so you're in alignment with yourself, and go. You can start going through your day, and I'm offering that actually for your listeners. It's a free vibrational three minutes, doesn't take much to do. I mean, do it before you wake up whenever, but everybody has three minutes. And, and what it does is it helps to introduce you. And the nice thing about, the, the cool thing about sound, and if you did this, if you had an intention of something that you wanted, it's going to work in that. It's gonna bring it towards you if it's a goal or a dream. If you want healing in your body, it's going to work on that. So, this sound's going to go where it needs to go. But if you put an intention into it, then you're going to accelerate it because now you're working on a different level of vibration to bring something towards you. And I do have more uh, other things. I have like a 30 minute sound vibrational healing, and I have that on my website as well. But, but I think for people to understand and not get like scared or spooked or this is weird it's three minutes and it's, it's very relaxing. It's very relaxing and it just sets a tone for your day as well. So I would say, if you want to start your day with that, you know, go for it because it's, something
0: I will will definitely try because I kind of like this. I'm into a lot of music and I kind of uh, also like the frequency of music. I I can't really tell the difference, but um, I just want to um, get, uh, to maintain my focus because it like helps me and focus when I'm meditating and um, yeah so that's why I use um, the specific hertz 432 hertz work for me mm-hmm. I can like focus really well and um, there was this time I focused so much that I actually meditated for like one hour and 30 minutes
1: good for you yeah <laughs> I, I, I used to meditate for hours so I know what that's all about and, you know, and you're I just, just see things. in a different yeah. world. It just, and you feel better. You're at, you're at peace. You know, yeah. you, you maintain an equilibrium.
0: Yes. Um, and uh, I wanted to ask you, what is your method of stress reduction?
1: I'm sorry, say that again.
0: Uh, what is your method of stress reduction?
1: My method of what? Stress reduction. How do you reduce the stress? How do I... Reduce stress. Reduce this? Stress. Stress.
0: Anxiety.
1: Stress. Anxiety. Um, How do I reduce anxiety? Okay, I'm sorry. Meditation is really good for reducing anxiety. Listening to that sound vibration helps you to do that. Breathing, for sure is um, definitely breathing because when you're in anxious you're not breathing so it's just a matter of calming yourself down and taking in long deep breaths hold it and then exhale for like hold it breathe in for five hold for three exhale for five another thing is just feel it because it will pass within 30 seconds it will pass but really be in that emotion but while you're feeling it it's a breath is probably the biggest thing I would say for anxiety. Because when I know when I've been there <clears throat> and I'm watching myself, like my my pitch and my voice is going up. Everything is like it's like, okay, stop. Just stop what you're doing, close your eyes and start breathing. And you know, and that's really hard when you're anxious to do but that's what I've done. And it seems like once I start letting the breath come through, because that brings tranquility, I'm bringing oxygen back into the body. I get out of that panic mode or anxious mode and I can see it a little differently. It's not like something's coming at me or to me or harming me like I'm envisioning. It's it's like, wait a minute. Okay, now I'm seeing a little bit more clearly. So I think that's, I think the breath is probably the biggest thing that I will use. And then to maintain something like that, meditation is probably the, one of the best tools you can do to stay out of that anxious because you're, you're in a higher vibration when you meditate and that starts integrating into your, your beingness. And when you stop meditating, then you can start feeling that anxiousness again, because I know, because I've done that. I've, you know, I experimented a lot over my life on things. And so I find that just breathing is the main thing. And then meditating helps to maintain that tranquil place.
0: Yes, because I have a friend and uh, she suffers from a lot of panic attacks and I'm telling her not to go to the psychologist because um, they're going to give you more pills
1: and yeah. So what's he anxious about? I mean, he's got to look at it. And if he really wants to heal that, then he needs to really look at what's what's being triggered. When it triggers, what's he thinking about? What's his, what's happening in his life at oh, yeah. that moment? The ex- because there's something on his inside consciousness in the unconscious level is coming to his the forefront to be looked at. And instead of reacting, he just needs to breathe into it. And then I would say at that point, just be calm. Close your eyes and ask, ask, yeah. what is this about? Show me what this is so I can change it and understand it or whatever, you know what I mean? Yes. Ask I the, body. Like, the body, the body will yeah. tell you.
0: I feel like uh, she doesn't do that uh, more often and like she gets stressed about like, like life, um, life situations in general, like whenever there's an exam, like, and these are like medical exams so I can understand. Um, she would get like panic attacks and uh, she would she wouldn't even leave the house because she feels guilty if she's not studying and uh, she doesn't want to even do the uh, uh, shows in the house because she's afraid of losing time and still she has these distractions as well. and then her heart kind of races like more than a normal person and I keep on telling her that you need. First of all, don't take it into your head so much. It's like everybody's doing it. Everybody's capable of, capable of handling life. You should, you should uh, like I asked her to challenge, try to challenge herself. And um, the thing is that instead of always being scared of it, because if you're always being scared of it, you're not allowing yourself to grow, you know. And um, and she always gets into panic attacks, and I really want. Uh, to help her, but I don't have even time to communicate with her because I'm living in France and she's living way in the east of Europe. So I really need, I feel like she needs the most help here in the situation. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, the the saying goes, what you resist persists. Yeah. And if he's resisting to change it, it's going to continue until something happens to him. Excuse me. So I would I would highly recommend that he stop and start breathing and asking what this is about, because anxiety can lead to heart attacks, it can lead to stroke, it can lead to death. I mean, I don't care how old or young you are, it can happen, because that's that's a tremendous amount of cortisol going through the body, and he needs to just get a hold of that, <clears throat> whatever that is. And it could be something that his parents told him that in order to succeed, you need to do this. You know what I mean? It's like yes. people could have said something to him and he's internalizing it. And now he's reacting because he's an adult. And I know some cultures going to school is like huge to be so yes. you can get out of where you're at. Right. And I know well, that it has awesome. undue pressure on people when they shouldn't have had to go through that kind of pressure. It's just, it's just school. Yes. You know what i mean you will succeed without a college education you know people have succeeded without college degrees and still been successful so mm-hmm. i think that he just has to look at you know is this his dialogue or did it come from his parents did it come from grandparents you know did society teach him this i mean you don't know because as young children we absorb everything from everybody and as adults, we start going through, is this valid or not? And that's part of the garbage that I was talking about that we carry until we start waking up and learning and becoming lighter because we're dumping what no longer serves us. Because we can't, inter- we, all we do is internalize <clears throat> at that age. Yeah. We don't have cognitive, we're, we're not cognitive yet. We, we become cognitive at eight years old. So we're emotional beings just we're little sponges running around. And so when you really sit down, when you start on your spiritual path, when you sit down and start looking at like how what's running your life, which is all that spiritual stuff, I mean, all the unconscious stuff, and you start facing it and looking at it, that's when you start realizing this doesn't serve me. <clears throat> and that's what I think <clears throat> that he needs to do, or probably should do if he wants to, in order to get rid of that undue stress. Because it's
0: yeah. not having fun. Yeah, it's building up and building up and building up. And I don't I don't want her to like feel the same way. She should like upgrade from that situation and she's really going into a more tougher area in life. So I was like, it's not going to get easier from then it's going to get even harder. And you need right. to recover yourself in order to face the even bigger challenges that she's going to face in the future. Yep.
1: Yeah. It is time. Uh, It is time because it will get worse. You know, it will.
0: And I, the first person I'm going to recommend your sound session is her, actually.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because I feel like she needs it. And um, another question I wanted to ask is how has artificial medication emerged and hidden the functions of like alternative medicine? Okay. (laughs) how has how has artificial medication emerged and hidden the functions of like alternative medicine
1: and what do you mean by artificial medicine it's like uh, pharmaceutical uh, products okay so it is pharmaceuticals yeah. <clears throat> well i don't get into pharmaceutical medicines i don't buy them unless it's a life-threatening situation and that's the only time I would ever think to take it for myself and I've been in positions where I've been in life-threatening that I had to take it as far as um, I believe that I'm in control of my body I'm in control of my health I know that and I and I can say that um, because I was a migraine. Suffer, And I really studied what might, what caused migraines. And I worked through all of that. And then I still had migraines after I worked through all of it. And one day, and I took, I took a, a medicine one time for migraine. Cause I had it for like five days and I didn't stay home. I went, actually went to work and I finally called the doctor and says, please give me something. And it was the first and only time I ever took medication for that. And, and I, And I wouldn't take it until I got on the bus because I was an hour from where I worked. So I took the bus into work and and I read all the contraindications, all of it. And I was like, I'm not taking this yet. When I took that, by the time I got home, I could barely get off the bus because I was so exhausted because I hadn't slept for three days. And I could feel my, the blood vessels dilating, like the blood was finally getting back into my brain. And I barely got home. Thank God I wasn't far from home. And I went to bed and crashed. And I said, I'm never doing that again to myself because it, it was more frightening for me to be in a position where I wasn't capable of being like safe. Cause you know, driving at that point was not smart. And I, so what the when I got the last migraine I got I was in bed and I asked my body, what is this about? Because I had nothing else to know why I was still getting migraines. And what I had done is I had asked my body, what, what's, what is this? Why are you doing this? And my body responded because you asked me that anytime that you got too close to the light that I stop you. If I wasn't laying down, I would have fallen down when I heard that. And I said, well, thank you so very much for taking care of me. I really appreciate what you've done, but I'm okay now. I don't need your service anymore. Never had another migraine. Ask your body. Yes. Your body will tell you. I could always tell my doctor, like, when I was going through a divorce, my thyroid was going off the deep end. And what did they want to do? They wanted to cut it out. I said, you're not cutting out my thyroid. Because I did a lot of research on how valuable that gland is for us. And I'm (laughs) like, oh, yeah, that's what I need. And I'm not going to be on medication the rest of my life. So I fixed my thyroid. I just started researching what alternatives I could use, which was kelp was the one that worked the best for me. And I just worked on it. And I got rid of the stressfulness in my life. And, and I don't know what kind of medication they had put me on at that time, but I kept saying, we have to reduce it. And every time they did my blood work, he says, how do you know what's going on in your body? I said, because I ask and I listened. And when I finally was, I said, I'm back to where I'm supposed to be. And he ran the last blood test. He wouldn't give me a clean bill of health because my thyroid was above five. And I said, but this is where my thyroid lives. I'm normal, we're done.
0: And I never saw the
1: doctor again. So I think when you ask your body, because I, you know, I always know something's wrong, I just don't know how to fix it, what's wrong. And then once I know what it is, then I can research it and then take care, find alternatives because alternatives are the things that have helped me more than pharmaceuticals could ever.
0: Yeah, do. because you have like side effects. And I wanted to ask you about plant medicine because that's also... Um, that's also kind of risky for me. I don't know. I have never tried plant medicine. Um, what was it? Plant medicine. Black mason? Plant medicine.
1: Oh, plant medicine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Your plant medicine, it would be like your kelps and <clears throat> cannabis is one of them. Um, CBD, not cannabis necessarily, but CBD. Yeah. Because it works with the endocannabinoid system in our body and in our brains. And it's... It's amazing. I mean, if you want to be start reducing anxiousness in your body, CBD is an amazing product to work with because it does. It just calms you down. You're not getting high off of it. And for me, like essential oils are plant medicine, herbs are plant medicine mm-hmm. and all of those things. I mean, you have to give yourself time when you're dealing with something yes, like that.
0: I love it.
1: Yeah. I put a lot of spices in my meals, like oh uh, yeah, oh definitely. I mean, I've always cooked with spices. Yes, uh, you know now I'm I'm working on using more of um, when it's live, not just dried spices anymore. If I can use live, I'm doing that, and I've noticed a difference in the way the food tastes when I'm using live herbs in my my f- foods. So it's it yeah all that stuff is really good for you. I mean, there's a reason why we're supposed to be eating a lot more plant-based mm-hmm. foods because that's plant that's plant medicine.
0: Well, like there's, there's also a debate about cannabis because um, you need, you can get high off of cannabis as well. And no,
1: you don't get high off of cannabis. I mean, of uh, the marijuana you do. Yeah. Cause it's got the THC, but when you're doing um, CBD, You're taking a constituent out of the plant, so you're not getting any THC levels. It's all CBD, CBG, CBN. You know, whatever you're choosing to do. If you're going broad spectrum, if you do full spectrum, you've got the THC. You're taking in the whole plant, but when you're just taking CBD, you're just taking a one piece out of the out of the plant, and that's what. And that doesn't have any of the the delta eights in there. That's going to cause the um, high okay it just it just it removes pain it's amazing how fast it can remove pain it brings like a painkiller. killer
0: yeah it's like a painkiller.
1: it is and it's just it's natural and the thing that I found with this with I when I was doing a lot of testing that if you're sleep deprived but you're you're saying I'm gonna I'm gonna go after this pain relief because I'm in a lot of pain here But if you're sleep deprived because that pain is going away, even though you're not using something that's specifically for pain, you're using it for sleep, you're going to sleep. Your body, that CBD, that is going to go to the part of the body that it needs to help the most. So even if you're buying something that's for stress or anxiety or sleep or pain, that's going to go where it needs to go because the body's coming back to homeostasis. That's all it wants to do is come back to homeostasis. And when you're not in pain or hurting, moving forward in your life and facing whatever demons you need to face, or you want to wake up because, you know, there's something about using plant medicine. And that's when I got into it. I went into alternative health on the migraines. That was another thing I did is I started going down bad. And it, all of a sudden it's like, I'm feeling better, you know, like yes. when I, cause I found out lavender oil was good for migraines and I didn't like lavender at the time. And I was like, okay, but I found out that it was true because I smelled it. And then I came home and three hours later, I'm like, I should have been in a full-fledged migraine and I'm not, I'm cleaning my house. Blew me out of the water because I didn't understand that yet. But what I found by doing that, it was like, I started realizing that the chemicals, cleaning chemicals, anything like that in my house, they started getting rid of because I started making, because, you know, you don't know you feel bad until you feel good. Yes. Yes. Because you get used to feeling a certain way. And when you're using like a plant medicine of whatever that is, you start feeling better than you realize how bad you were feeling and didn't even know it. Yeah. And I exactly. and that's what that's the benefit of plant medicine is that you feel like you're becoming more whole and complete rather than. Like broke it. Yeah.
0: So uh, that's really uh... You actually told me the difference because I was getting confused with actual drugs and some of the plant medicine because they normally they are the news kind of um, make you scared or to not take them or like not try them and yeah you're kind of in the middle of those type of situations.
1: So don't listen to the news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen to your heart. <laughs> you you know you know and you have to give your power back to you. Yes. And that's that's the main thing that I've, because, you know, when I started aromatherapy 10 years before the world got on the bandwagon, I had so many people there, I mean, they were kind of waking up, but not knowing that. And then, you know, if there was a newsreel or something about St. John's wort, and I had St. John's wort on my table, people were like, oh my God, I just saw this on on TV last night when they were trying to introduce alternative medicine. And, And it was like, cool beans. But, you know, that's the, that's the whole thing is that I just I just tune out the news. I don't listen to it. I, I get enough news every day. I don't need to sit down in front yeah. of the tube and watch it because it's all negative. And I don't believe half of 90 percent of what they're saying is all skewed to whatever they're trying to
0: mm-hmm. yes. fear based
1: And I'm not into it because that's not my world. And I don't believe this world is that I think we can have an amazing world if we the people come back in and start dialing in and focusing on ourselves, each other, and supporting each other instead of thinking everybody's out to get me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that is a- how I feel about yeah. it. And I think
1: plant medicine, when I got into alternative medicine, I think that's the main reason why I'm as a proponent of this as much as I am is because I know what it did for me personally. And it was huge, It was huge.
0: And uh, I also wanted to ask you, how do you uh, set boundaries? You, so you set boundaries for yourself, for your workplace or career and your family life as well. I am struggling to put the boundaries in my family life. It's, I, I think I can do it for myself and my career. The moment is that you know you, you're, you have your family, you forgive them the most, the no- most number of times and it's so difficult to actually put boundaries
1: yeah yeah well you have to set boundaries because you think you're worthy that's that's when i started setting boundaries it's when i started feeling that i was worthy and i had a value and if my family i don't talk to my family anymore that ended a long time ago um and that was cuz i was setting boundaries and i was walking away from them and they were just trying to be that crap in the bucket and keep me down and low and shallow like they were and i Wanted nothing to do with them. I didn't like them, anyways, and I was just born into that family. <laughs> I didn't have no, to like, be. Welcome. But I think and that was like, how I felt. I think about you should
0: like still maintain communication because, after all, that's your family.
1: Yeah, they're they're not my family. That's not a family to me. What my family is, what I was born into, is not a family. Um, not when I see what real families are. That was not mine. And when I started setting boundaries on with them, I mean, it was just it was they were hostile and that's fine because I didn't have to listen to them. I didn't have to, I quit going to the family events. I didn't care. I didn't care. Did I miss them? Yeah. On many levels I missed them, but it wasn't, but I didn't want to be around that. I didn't want to be around that low vibrational energy and you know, they're just, I I wasn't part of who they were. I was not them. When I started, um, When I started feeling like I had a value, I mean, a true sense of value of myself and that I was worthy is when the boundaries really started. Uh, I started establishing them more. And when people started stepping on them, I would basically let them know that you're stepping on the boundary, stop it. And if you don't stop it, I'm leaving. And last year was a prime example of people that I had been in my life for over 20 years, and between what was happening with COVID and the presidential election in the United States, I mean, we didn't see eye to eye on anything. Mm -hmm. I accepted who they were. I accepted their whatever they believed in. I accepted all of that, but they decided they were going to convince me otherwise. And I finally put my foot down and said, I'm going to tell you how this is going to play out now. You can have your beliefs, you can believe whatever you want, you can do whatever you want, but you do not have the right to put that on me. I do not believe in what you say, I do not agree with anything that you say, and if you can't respect me enough for my difference of an opinion, and you can't rise above this, then we don't need to be friends anymore. It was amazing how fast they stopped. Mm -hmm. So it's because I had to stop it. You know, I mean, I'll be pushed to a certain point, but now, oh God, not anymore. Right now, I just watch my mouth go some days when people are really put over, you know, pushing, you know, I've had, I I call them little 20 year old twits. I've had them, you know, in my aesthetic business saying, doing stupid things and getting their boyfriends after me. And I'm like, do you talk to your mother and grandmother like this? You know, and I basically let them know or I'll hang up on them because it's like, first of all, you're not worth my time and energy. You're, you're a 20 year old twit who doesn't know anything. I mean, I've been 20, so I understand how much you don't know, <laughs> but I never treated adults with the lack of respect and discourteousness that, you know, they, they teach. And it's like, well, you're a business and you have to do that. I said, oh no, no, I don't. See, I have the right to say, I don't have to serve you. Yeah, that's true. I still have a right to say, you're not welcome in my spa. Yeah, And I will do that. And it's, and I mean, I almost called the police on one woman who came in and decided she wanted to work for me. And she was going to, and she was a crazy lady anyways. And I told her and I stayed calm, you know, on the hair salons over here, they're like trying to turn off the hairdryers to listen to this. Right. And I said, if you don't leave, I will call the police and have you escorted out because she was refusing to leave and she was disrupting the business. And she finally left. But, you know, I just stood there planted. It was like, this is my place of business and yes. i have a right to make you go away because first of all you're not a customer i don't want to hire you and you're disruptive and i'm supposed to sit here and take it because i'm in a place of business no exactly
0: no. yeah
1: when, so i think when it's just, someone does you wrong yeah when someone does yeah. you. you wrong you
0: you have to take action and because the thing is that, like, I feel a lot of people. I had that problem as well. Like, I couldn't take action, stern action, and I was like, I felt bad that I couldn't because I knew I was, a, I had some value in uh, my life, and I had a value to say no. I think uh, that's the biggest another another biggest challenge in everybody's life is to say no.
1: And yeah. we have a right to say no. Yeah. And uh, you know, and, and I think especially for women we're we're i think we're programmed to always be there for everyone and take care of everyone and forget us. Yeah. And i think when women say no, i think it shocks the world. Yes. Because we're such we're it's like somehow somebody had put that women are supposed to be servants to men
0: and servants to it. their
1: kids and servants to everybody. And that's not true. A man doesn't serve everyone. Yeah. Children serve themselves. So why is it up to a woman? Why is it, are we not allowed to say no? And when I learned to say no, game changer. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't like I was angry or bitchy. And if they said I was, then it's like, well, that's your crap. That's not mine. Because I wasn't coming from a place of anger or I was standing in my power. And I think that scares people when you stand in your power.
0: Adieu. Because they're so
1: used to being subservient.
0: Yeah, absolutely right on that. Um, because a lot of people, like the moment you stand on your power, they start to disrespect you, like yep. a little bit. It's like you're not supposed to do that. And um, I, but I am, this is my life. <laughs> I can stand up for myself.
1: And yeah. if you're not hurting anyone, what difference does it make? If you're hurting someone, that's a different story. But if you're not hurting anyone and your intention's not there, the I don't care what anybody they're else pushing is. back at you is they can't do it for themselves. Yeah. That's all they the only reason why they're pushing back on you. Yeah. That's... So you're teaching them. Yeah. You're teaching them how to say no. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, that was, I had
0: that struggle when I was like younger. I was like afraid to say no and now I can say no. And like I'm brave enough to say it and stand up for myself, stand up for what I think. And I think that's that's great. <laughs> <laughs> because i used yeah, i used right. to be bullied because i used to be bullied a lot because i do not i was so backward when i was a kid and when i was able to say no it like it felt like it's a power move
1: <laughs> right it is a power move and i remember when i said no to my parents i used to get smacked so i mean they beat no out of me and now as an adult i can say no
0: yeah i had this like um there is a similar culture here in sri lanka like uh, parents are allowed to like uh, hit their children every time they think that they're doing something mm-hmm. wrong. I think I was like I was uh, yeah. I think I was laughing for an inappropriate time and I would get hit. Yeah, yeah. It ha- it happens yes. And now it now, Yeah. Now it uh, now since we're in another in another country, it's more tougher for the, for them because they can't now. Um, adhere to the rules of the culture that we had in Sri Lanka that you adhere to the new culture that we are here, the Western culture so they can't do much mm.
1: <laughs> Well, you know that's part of an evolutionary growth right there too, you know
0: Yes, and they are learning also from the experience, they actually I, they have learned so much because of me I think because I was the only black sheep in family let's say
1: <laughs> I was the black sheep in my family. And you know what? I'm so glad that I was Yeah. because I'm just not those people. I mean, when my mother passed away, I just sat there and was like, where did they learn this? I didn't learn this. And I was like, no, you didn't learn it because you're not them. Yeah. You're not them. You, you, you came in with your own agenda and you stuck to your own agenda. You did not become a sheeple, so to speak. You know, I, I, whatever went on in that family and all the things that my siblings learned from my parents, I didn't learn. I didn't learn it. Thank God. Thank God. You know, I stood true to who I thought I was, which was a spiritual being. I was connected when I was a little kid, I was connected and I never lost that no matter how much they tried to beat that out of me and how suicidal I may have been at the time. I never lost that. And yeah, I
0: know. Like, were you like one of those kids that every time the lights were turned out you would see um tiny gift boxes kind of like floating around some some sort of candy canes and it was me and my brother uh could see this stuff and then like my sister uh she didn't see any of that my mom couldn't see any of that my uh, dad even couldn't see any of that and then I was like, don't you remember when you were kids, you were, you, every time um, the light was turned up during the night when we had to sleep, I could see all good things like uh, gift boxes, candy canes. I don't know. It's like I, it's, it's like I had this sort of connection and I kind of like knew I, um, I was a spiritual being that existed in like multi-dimensional Yeah, so I kind of had that like um, kind of perspective. But when I tell that to my mom, she doesn't understand it quite well.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's okay because she's probably never will because she's not connected. She hasn't connected with herself yet to realize that. Yeah. I mean, my mother grew a lot because of who I was and she thought I was a crazy lady for the longest time. But because she was around me and we talked about stuff like this, she actually started to see her guide when he was in the room. She started to have things happen to her and she wasn't afraid of it anymore because she would just call me and say, you will never guess what just happened. And she would tell me and it was like, and I remember when I was 16, she thought I was crazy and she thought I was yeah. crazy for the longest time until things started happening. But it was because I opened a door for her. And that's how I looked at it. I just was who I was. I didn't care what she thought of me. If I wanted to talk about it, I talked about it. And that helped her to wake up, so to speak.
0: Yes. I think like, I told uh, my closest friends about it. I, like, I think my mom is also learning in some sort of way. So that's good. But yeah, uh, I I I keep on telling her like sometimes I feel like I'm the older person and she's the younger person. Like I could be a grandma.
1: Well, there could be two yeah, like that.
0: yeah.
1: I could There's be a grandma sometimes. That, sure. I could
0: be an <laughs> annoying grandma. Like I could picture myself as an annoying grandma, just in yeah, a different age. <laughs> that's true. You Never know. <laughs> So anyways, like what are the many phases of transformation?
1: Transformation takes on a lot of different things. Um, I think it's you, you have to look at what's happening in your life. So when I moved to Chicago, that was a transformation and lots of things happened within that move. I came back here, I bought a home and I had a water loss and that was a huge transformation. And then I had to take some kid to court for um, illicit pictures he had sent. And that was part of a transformation within a transformation. And the way I look at it is everything in your life, if, as long as you're not in like the rut, a lot of things can be a transformation. You know, so I look at I had a, I had a seven-month-old kitten. This is part of how I got into the CBD business. Um, and he died of leukemia at seven and a half months old. That was a huge transformation. I mean, it just broke my heart. And this was right in the middle of COVID, okay? This is when COVID started. And, you know, the depression and the pain that I felt, and it was all about opening my heart and then trying to find a kitten to replace him. Well, we ended up getting two bonded kittens at that point. And then I had an elderly cat who was going downhill. I mean, it was like, this is all transformation. And what is this? This was all about my heart, you know, and just the missing of what an animal, I mean, because animals are mean something to me. And that was a transformation of that. And now one of the kittens, she's got an autoimmune disease. Well, what am I doing? I'm going to work with that and make sure we can get it to go away. So do I understand why I've been around all these cats and have put down three cats in a year? No, not fully, but it doesn't matter. It was still, it's still a transformation. It's still leading me into a path that I'm going you know, all of a sudden, I'm not going to do cannabis. And now I'm going down the road of cannabis. Why? I don't know. There's something out there for me to do. I have a big dream of things that I want to do. And this is just a stepping stone. And I look at, so when things are happening in my life, it's not why are you doing this to me as a victim? It's what am I to learn from this? You know, and what was interesting on the bonded cats, this came two nights ago too powerful. Having bonded cats, anybody who ever separates a bonded cat, I think should be shot because there's a reason why they're bonded. And watching bonded cats is one of the most amazing things to experience. And we have a male and a female and the female is like fearless, right? She's just this, I'm going to take over the world. And the male is, and he's like twice her size. He's our biggest scaredy cat. And he's the most loving gentle cat on the planet when they were babies, we had to take them to the vet, right? So we got Grace. She's back in the corner of this carrier and shadows in front of her protecting her. She's terrified. He's like with these big eyes, like scared out of his mind, but he's going to protect his girl, right? Yeah. But what I found on Thursday, I realized this is how people, humans are supposed to be like married couples where You know, they're so independent of each other. And yet they're so bonded to each other at the same time. Like he's there to protect her and all of this. And she gets to go off and do her thing. And I realized it's like, this is what, and I have this in my life right now too. So this is what's really cool about this realization. This is a transformation. Again, this is another face of transformation. And I, and I sat there and went, I have been looking for a man who will allow me to soar. Kind of like how shadows letting grace soar. Mm -hmm. And he's holding the space for her to go off and be this wild girl, you know, because she uh, she goes on adventures and Shadow just sits in there and just keeps an eye on her and all this. I and feel like I'm good yeah,
0: like so, too.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so I have this man who's helping me. He's just he's very grounded. He says, I will step in front of a bullet for you. And it was like, well, I don't want to live without you. So you can't do that. you know it's like we'll die together kind of thing you know it's like one of those but what i realized is that the more i surrender to the way he is the way i watch my cats is like what we are that the more i surrender it's not him it's me this is all about me because this girl has fought this every step of the way and he's like i know but why do you do that he says because every time i've had a man say that they were going to do this they never did And so this is like the first and I'm seeing this and I was like, wow, this is what like watching bonded cats is letting me see how we humans should be where we're allowed to express who we are, be individuals, but we're there to take care of each other because these two cats really do take care of each other. And Gracie, of course, I got another male cat. So she's like, I got two boys you know, (laughs) and she tortures both of them. And Shadow's like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. He doesn't, he doesn't care because it's like, I know I, you're mine. You know, it's one of those, there's that sense of um, security in, yes. in their bondedness. And I think that's so amazing to watch. And that was, that's another huge transformation because it's a transformation for me of where I want to go and what I've always envisioned, but I never knew what it looked like. So I have bonded cats. I'm like, why do I have bonded cats? <laughs> All the cats I've had in my life, I have never had bonded cats. I have them now because I was ready to understand what bondedness means. You know, so I look at things like that. It's not I'm just like it just happened. No, there's a reason (laughs) these two cats came into my life. And and Gracie was the one who who came to me because we were going for one cat. I said, we're only getting one cat, I'm not going to get two. And I knew and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, I knew I was coming home with two cats. And the only reason I knew that is I didn't understand it, but when they, when we went to the shelter, she said they're bonded. We are not coming together and, and watching away animals bond. It's just like, there's, I mean, humans can do that too, but we have so much garbage that we're carrying, but if we're working on our own stuff, then I think that draws the bond to a couple even stronger if they're working on themselves first, and then it's, it shows in the relationship. It's when yeah. one doesn't continue to grow is when the separation occurs.
0: Yes, and these bag, uh, baggages are often baggages from the past, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have, yeah, that, yeah we are, uh, like I, I was in this kind of recurring circle, like just thinking about the past, like continuously, and uh, I got out of that rut luckily, and then when I got out of it, it's like, um, there were knots in my head, just sort of, like, untying itself, (laughs) that's how it felt,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah, I can see that, I've done that, where you just feel like you've just unplugged, yes, yeah,
0: it feels really good, and, um, uh, about your book about soul, um, evolution can you please explain that
1: yeah um well it's basically the book is written is what our all the masters went through when they were waking up that they transcended their humanness but they're still human and this is what it entails of waking up and a lot of it is the self-talk it's the dialogue it's the garbage that we've been carrying around for lifetimes and it's remembering who you are and what that entails as far as going through the change. And this is the beginning phase, um, book one is the beginning phase. And then the second book primarily is really, truly walking through the dark night of the soul where you're really in it. And it's, and I talk a lot about the head trash. You know, what, what am I thinking? How am I feeling? What's, what is it that I want and how we kind of talk, do our self-talk while we're transitioning. And then the third book talks It's about the whole, the whole issue is my mother passed away during that. And so there was not a section of grief, but it was grief. And there was a lot as far as how this whole book tied together, as far as what the waking up process is and the evolution of a spirit. And then where destiny actually comes out and she's awake and she knows what she's doing. So even though she may be awake and alert and aware, she's still human. And that's the main thing is that even Jesus and Buddha and Gandhi and Krishna, all of them, they were enlightened beings, but they were still human. They still had human emotions. And so when you're, you're awake and it's like, no, the only thing that this means is that I can't say I don't know anymore. I can't play ignorance. I can't play victimhood. And I don't want to play those that, that way anymore. I'm aware. And because I'm aware, then I step further into who I am and how big am I really? And what can I really do now? Because I don't have all this nagging things, you know, telling me I can't do it. And who do you think you are? And, and yes, they still come up, but they don't have the power that they once did. It's like, now it's like, get rid of it. You know what I mean? It's that type of thing. Just flick it off your shoulder because it's not there. And that's, What the book talks about is when you really do step into the magnificence of who you truly are, all that stuff falls away. You know, Boundaries become easy to establish. Saying no is easy to establish. You have value, you have worth. Those are the things that I learned. And that's what spiritual awakening to me is, is remembering who you are. And that is not a low, lonely piece of garbage walking on the planet. You are a magnificent being full of light and we emanated and came from god period end of story and that's how i see it and that's what this book talks about is that transformation of what it's like to walk through the dark night of the soul because that's the part that scares people to death
0: yeah nobody wants to face their demons and they're yeah. ignorant like we've grown up in a world that has this kind of sort of system and it kind of it kind of distracted us from our own pathway in a way like i would say like um it kind of like the system kind of introduced us to stress and anxiety at a really young age and then we kind of like forgot about ourselves halfway through our lives and really what we wanted instead of like kind of like converting what other people wanted to our needs
1: Mm -hmm. right it's 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 like when we get out of the house of our parents, this is how I kind of see it. And this is what I'm hearing a lot of people say right now. They get out of their house. They go off to college. They're doing still what mom and dad want. They get into corporate USA for about 10 years. And then they go, there's got to be something more because the rat race isn't working for them. And so people are making that Mm -hmm. shift And change. Well, that's because they're waking up. They realize they're, you know, the grind is not who we are. That's not, we didn't come down here to live in the grind, to get married, have kids and die. We're here for something bigger than just getting married, having kids and die. But yet we're, they're trying to keep us in that box. And there's nothing wrong with getting married, having kids. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that at all. But what are you doing in between time? Because you know your kids will grow up. What are you gonna do when they're 18 and it's just you and your husband? What are you gonna do? Badge out in front of the TV and smoke pot and drink alcohol and die? You know what I mean? Yes. So, I mean, you it was should the same have a that purpose. Purpose. Yeah. Yeah. You should it have was a purpose. Like 20 years ago. They were born in 1960. Let's see. How does this go? They died in 1980 and they were buried in 2000. That's pretty what? profound. That means they didn't, they stopped living in, from 1980 to 2000. You know what I mean? So when I heard someone say that, because it's like, well, I get the walking zombies. I get, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it's like, they died. They weren't buried. They died. And when I, when they really put that whole slogan together, it made sense because the the last thing I wanted to do was stop living at 40 years old or 30 years old or whatever it was, I didn't want to stop living. I wanted to keep going. And when they say, well, At 65, you should retire. It's like, uh, this girl's not going to retire. I'm always going to be working. I'm always going to be making money, but it's not necessarily in the vocation that I am today. It's going to be something different. But, you know, I'm not going out to pasture unless I want to. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, it's like society says, well, you're 65 and you should die and you know, you're done working and your usefulness is gone. And that's not true.
0: That's not that's true not at all.
1: True.
0: That's just an idea given to us and incorporated in our minds. But, exactly. But it's not true at all. Like you, it, you decide to do what you're going to do with your life. If you want to work to the end of your life, that's up to you. I, I also want to work, um, towards the end of my life i don't want to retire because when i i think when i retire like i'm giving up half of my life when i could do my purpose as well continue on with my purpose
1: exactly i mean i feel freer now because now you have a knowledge base when you're at that age where like you the world is your oyster do whatever it is you want what is it i mean if you want to go and play you want to try something new. You want to start a business. I mean, do you want to. I mean, who's to say what it is you want to do, but why? Cause I know people when they hit 65, I know somebody who just died cause he had no outside interest in anything. His whole jo- life was about making money, supporting his family, which his kids were grown and he had nothing at 65. He had nothing and he died Yeah, because he had to retire. And you're like, <laughs> but you're a young man at 65 yes. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and I, it was to me it was sad it was and, you know and I've seen people like that I've seen a lot of people like that that didn't have anything other than work and when they stopped working because they never gave themselves permission to do other things and it's like me Hell, it's like, I'm probably gonna take piano lessons eventually, cause I got the piano, just haven't sat down long enough. I'm gonna go back to ballroom dancing. You know what I mean? There's like lots of things that I intend to do that's gonna keep me young and active and my body healthy. So if I fall, I don't break my hip, so to speak.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's really encouraging to hear this, especially during the pandemic, everybody is now at home and they're listening to and trying to understand what this kind of world is like and how it's functioning. I don't like the world and how it's functioning. I, I, think, I think everybody should have their own idealistic view and go for what their heart wants, not what another person wants. Exactly. What their own heart wants, yeah.
1: And some people are doing that and some people haven't changed. <laughs> you know, I see both. I see both in the world right now.
0: I see it um, surrounding me, actually, like with my friends and stuff. Like, I feel like they're
1: missing the point still. They're young.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're young.
1: Yeah. You're waking up. They're not ready. They will when it's time. You have to trust that. Yeah. You have to trust that.
0: Thank you so much, Kathleen, uh, You're welcome. on Thank this uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah i had a really uh, i felt like i really had a very enlightening conversation with you and yeah it definitely brightened up my mood and i could tell that you have like you have uh such a high vibration because i i feel i feel incredibly positive positive like talking with you thank you guys for listening um this is teo podcast the pandemic press Season 1 and I'm your host Rashni Heva Hope you enjoyed this episode today and we'll see you next time on Teo Podcast, The Pandemic Press. Uh, We are are available on any device. Um, You can find us in iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Audibles um, and so many um, podcast websites where Easy to find. And also we have a YouTube channel called Teo Academy. And I also released the book. You can now order the my book from Amazon. It's only 9.99 euros. It's called Unveiling the Truth Behind Catherine's Destiny.